Podcast. Third degree, the third degree net podcast. Third degree, the third degree net podcast. Third degree, the third degree net podcast. Third degree the podcast is brought to you by Soccer90.com. It's the holiday season and Soccer90 com has got you covered they've got jerseys the scars the jackets the cleats the t-shirts at every club you could like uh, international clubs national teams fc dallas north texas soccer club they really do have it all third degree listeners using code third degree at checkout get 20 percent off soccer90.com code third degree some exclusions may apply well hello there fc dallas curious fan welcome to another episode this one is in the numerical order place of 241 241 of third degree the podcast hi i'm peter we are without dan crook today but somehow we are with your hero my hero everybody's hero editor founder thirddegree.net the original buzz carrick come in buzz hi peter uh, happy hanukkah to those that uh, celebrate uh, i'm sure dan is just getting overloaded with um work leading into the holidays because you know i'm sure all his things have to be taken care of well, before he goes away or whatever. So. Well, I just want the uh, good, curious person listening to this to know how dedicated Buzz is to this podcast <laughs> and to them All right. as a curious, because we are actually recording this while his beloved Newcastle are fighting for their Champions League lives. Yeah. So instead of watching the second half of uh, the Newcastle uh, match, who are they playing? Oh, Milan. Milan, yeah. yeah and yeah. Pulisic just scored yeah. for, uh, for Milan. <laughs> which I didn't know. Which you didn't see because yeah. you turned it off. Yeah. No, Buzz wants to record his FC Dallas podcast instead. So kudos to the buzzard. Oh, thanks. Thanks, man. Yeah, well, you know, it's a gig economy. You got to do what you got to do. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, uh, so we don't, I, we've got a, I, I don't know how much we have to talk about today. So this may be a short episode, but I say that and have a feeling we're going to end up going, wow, an hour blew by fast. Yeah. Usually uh, when you say that, we end up with an hour plus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's see. So uh, I think the first thing that I want to talk about is the release of names of how all the deals worked out across MLS and what players are available, the free agent list, like what, mm. which, which was declined, what wasn't declined right. specifically for Dallas. And then what does that mean in terms of who's out there and available within the league for Dallas to consider mm. to pick up? Well, listen, MLS overcomplicates these things. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. You say, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the reason they do that is because they don't want free agency. They thought they, they actually were adamant for decades that they would never allow free agency. And they finally have given in on basically like really old dudes and they're not going to give in on young people because the whole idea is to keep, you know, the you know, costs of uh, doing this thing within reason. So young, young guys, go through what's called a waiver draft, which is like every other league in the world. If, if a team guy gets waived, NFL, NBA, whatever, there's a waiver draft, you can grab a guy. Uh, in all these drafts, by the way, FC Dallas this year is picking 15th. That's where they ended up in the standings, basically right smack dab in the middle. Uh, and in between the waiver draft and the free and being a complete free agent, by the way, Jimmy Mauer is the only complete free agent that FC Dallas has, is what they call the reentry draft. Now, there's a couple of versions of it. Who cares? What matters is <laughs> what matters is is that if you pick a guy in the reentry draft, you have to take his salary as it was, basically, um, or or with like a depending on which one you do, maybe it's a little bit more than what it was. So you'll see that like in the waiver draft, you might get league wide, you might get two guys grabbed, 
in the re-entry draft, the two versions of it, you might get six or seven each time. Not very much. Most people go through both of those processes and then end up in a worldwide sense, being a free agent, you know, although in MLS terms, the, your, the rights revert back to the team. So basically at the end of this window, Jimmy Maurer is hundred percent complete free and everybody else Dallas declined options on would revert back to them in MLS terms in, in terms of them holding the rights. So if somebody wanted them, they could then trade for their rights. Now that doesn't mean they're going to play for Dallas. It just means that like, if they come back to MLS, like I said, MLS makes this early complicated and stupid. So the same people are gone as before. Facundo, Martinez, Colin Smith is on in the waiver section. You know, nothing really changes in terms of outbound players for Dallas uh, based on any of these things. The only thing that's fun to talk about is, is there anybody on all these lists that you think your team might be interested in? So that's the fun part. And of the other team's list, is there anybody in particular or people in particular that you think they should consider picking up? Sure. Well, I have a couple. I'm sure that the team might have one or two more. But like, for example, we talked about Kellen Acosta the other day. He's a free agent. So like you can just bid for his services outright. Uh, so can anybody else. Now, he's, of course, mentioned for years that he's interested in Europe. But, you know, money talks. So you never know. I do wonder if Kellen's even too old now to can, to get like a legitimate European deal unless he's willing to go to some secondary league. Oh, yeah. No, more than likely you're right because he is 28. I mean, it, it's a, if he's going now, it's a team that wants him just for now. There's no more like potential buy there. It's only in his current value. So you'd be looking at, you know, FC, MLS and, and LAFC equivalency. So you're talking mm -hmm. about you know, championship or, you know, your Hollands or your, or, or your Belgiums or something, maybe lower Spain, I suppose, you know, not, you're not talking about Bayern Munich calling, you know, so that's what you're competing with. And MLS monetarily can compete with those teams. So, uh, you know, would Dallas get in there? Would he want to come to Dallas? I have no idea, but he's, he's a name. Um, hmm. If we keep moving on, Miles Robinson, of course, in Atlanta, spectacular center Yay. back. Also, of course, talking about going to Europe, but you know, Make a call, call him up, offer him DP money, you know, see what happens. You know, that's a great would, player. Would, would you, if, if he was amenable to that, would you do a DP on Miles Robinson? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Yeah. Age and talent and ability. Oh uh, yeah. He's a spectacular player for sure. For me, for DP. And then you can get into guys like, um, uh, Yerson Mascara, who's the Cincinnati center back. Technically he plays for Wolves. They loaned him here for a year. Um, so he is still under contract for Wolves. In MLS terms, the loan ended. And so he's a free agent, technically, sort of, in terms of MLS, but not really because he's under contract. But if Wolves was loaning him out last year, why wouldn't they loan him out again this year, potentially? So that's a guy that interests me. He played. He started 26 games for Cincinnati last year. And then you can look at some reserve guys like, for me, maybe like if, you, if, you, if you're keeping Jesus or if you're going after a different nine and you're buying out JJ Jimenez, right? You still need a body there. So maybe like a Justin Rennix from New England might be a nice young backup striker, perhaps. So there's bodies out there and there's guys on these lists that can fill roles for you. You could even do like, as we get into discussions of other positions, we could talk about like what's, for example, if you want ERI Mindy to play some eight at certain times, you know, do you want to just have Frazier as a six? Maybe you call Dax McCarty or Victor Uloa, who both out of contract and be like, hey, I need a guy to start five or six games maybe, or just mainly be a backup and a leader and, and help kids out and, and, and be on the bottom of my roster, but get paid. You know what I mean? So th there are some positions of, of 
lower roster need. And remember that there's a macro idea at play here that was brought up in the press conference and coach had already talked to me about anyway, that they want to broaden their depth in the bottom half of the roster to better be able to handle the workload of games with leagues cup, open cup run, you know, play out, whatever you got with these larger loads of games that are coming. They made a mistake last year with all those injuries. So expect a little couple of veterans, maybe somehow and, and free agency might be a way to do it. Okay, so let's simplify this for the listener um, uh, because there's a lot there, and I think we could really get uh, into a ton of minutiae mm. if we tried to. So yeah. why don't you just well, – let's do it this way. Let's break it up by general positional uh, places on the field. Is there – are there uh, a striker or strikers, forward positions, whether they be wide or central, that you think would be a really keen option for Dallas to pick up other than somebody that may be different than somebody you already named off the pile. Well, let's first talk about what's really important to understand. Clearly. I think everyone agrees that they need a center back having let Martinez go, right? Even if you want Sebastian Ibiaga to be a starter, you still need a guy who can push him into Kosi. So obviously they would go for a center back on some level. And after that, sorry, go ahead. Did you have a question Mm -hmm. on that? Well, no, I'm just trying to go. So how do you want to there? I'll get there. Wait, so you want to go by what Dallas's positional needs are instead of just by position. Yeah, because in order to get into forward versus wing, I wanted to lay out what the positions of need are first. Okay. So that's why I bring up the center back is very clear and obvious. And then after that, the discussion gets into, okay, if you want to talk about how Dallas gets better and competes for next year, you have to add, I think, 15 goals. And coaches said that they want to get better offensively. They need to get better. They need to score more. They need to get better with who they have. They need to get pieces. So then you have to decide which way does Dallas go? Do they believe in Jesus as the nine or do they do what I suggested, which is that he doesn't necessarily always want to be a nine. So do you put him at wing or 10 or something? And that decision has to be made because they're not going to IR Alan Velasco. They've said that, right? We hope they're going to buy out Jimenez. They better. (laughs) Really, you only have, because you're stuck with Allen, because you have Paul Areola as a DP, because you have Jesus as a DP, right? In order to do something really active and nice, you know, really aggressive, you cleared Facundo's money and you cleared Martinez's money. Well, we just said you need Martinez's money for a center back. So right this second, all you really have is Facundo's money which is basically one Tam player, not, not a big superstar. So that's, that can't get you Miles Robinson, uh, for example. But it, could, it, might be, it might get you Kellen, maybe. About a, something or just close to a million probably, maybe, might get you Kellen. So then you, that's what you have to sit there and think. Okay, if I want to add 15 goals and I don't really have all that much money to move, how do I do that? And that's where you get into these ideas of like, you can't do both a nine and a wing probably. You probably can figure out the money to go get one. So you have to decide what, and we have to, in order to play this game, we have to decide, do they like Jesus as a nine or do they like him as a wing? And where could they move somebody out to make a move? Because then at that point you can start diving into, once you know what you want to do, you can start digging into these free agency lists. And to be fair, when you're talking about a goal scorer, like a wing or a nine, anyone that really makes you excited will not have ended up as a free agent. There's not going to be anybody in the free agent list that's going to get you 15 goals a year, I don't think. 
And I look through there and I certainly don't see anybody. So that's a long way of saying that when you want to talk about forward and wing, there aren't any in the free agency pool. You have to do something else, basically. Does that make yes, sense to you? It does. I yeah. was trying to make this simple. So, uh, well, there is okay, no simple answer. Well, no, well, no, I, I, I think there is a simple answer, but I understand why you're trying to provide the context. The, yeah. the, the, the simple answer is there really isn't anybody in the in the pile that would really fit Dallas in, toward, in terms of forward. Yeah, not in terms of forward. Like I, I'm, I'm looking through the list of, of, of players that are being talked about as being quality free agents, and I don't see anybody. I mean, you're talking about like Adam Baji or Maxi Yaruti. Yeah, no, we've done Will that. Will Bruin, <laughs> right? None <laughs> yeah. of these things are are, are uh, Diego Rubio from the Rapids, who was a DP, right? Right, like none of these things are making you go ooh ooh ooh. You know, Corey Baird, Houston had a really nice year, but again, he's he's more of a wing off striker, like a very similar profile to Jesus, taller than Jesus, but same profile. Yeah. So does that does that like I like Corey Baird on an island? Do I like him when I already have Jesus? Not really. Like I either want like uh, the Fafa Picos in here, right? But mm-hmm. there's a pure wing that maybe is sort of interesting. But he already burned his bridges here. Um, Joseph Martinez. Do you really want to spend his money when he hasn't done squat in like three years now after all those injuries he had? No. You know what I mean? Like so. No, that's kind of why I asked yeah. the question. Yeah. So it's yeah. Okay. So now let's move to midfield. Is there anybody yeah. in the pile that you think fits a profile that? that would help Dallas. Yeah. Kellen. <laughs> okay. Kellen's the one, uh, but you know, they're probably, if I were to really dig into these, Brian Acosta's out uh, option to climb, but I don't, I don't want that guy. You know, there, there, there probably are some bodies in here, but for me, the one that makes the absolute most sense is Kellen Acosta until you get down until, like I mentioned, you know, depth pieces uh, like Michael Barrios is available, but at his age, would you want that? Man, there's um, a lot of been there, done that. Yeah, there's little Dax there. McCarty. There's Victor Uloa. These All these guys that are free agents are the ones who, like Jimmy Maurer, have been around a long time and they're kind of at the end of their career. Hey, wait a really, second. Would you take Victor back? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Or Dax, either one. I, I think there's a place on, on a roster for a low salary. Now, nobody get upset that I'm going to say, you know, 150 to 200,000 is a low salary. We're talking about professional right. athletes. Right. You right. know, that's a low salary for them. You know, that's almost like a not quite reserve roster, but that's pretty close to it. You know, and, and you, you're not going to play a lot of games, you know, but I love you in my locker room. I love you for what you could teach the kids. I really only need you like for the games where I need to start Frazier and because I'm going to put your Mendy as an eight and I need you on the bench to be a six to come in or if Frazier gets hurt. You're my second six at that point. You know, you got to cover your bases, cover your bets. So like a depth six makes a lot of sense to me. Or if you're, if you're hundred percent convinced the RMND is your six, maybe a depth eight because Sebastian, we've noticed, you know, got hurt last year. He's already in his thirties. Paxton can't start 34 games. Velasco's out for the year, right? We're starting to run out of bodies at the eight. So if you've got, again, Callan can play eight, right? So can Dax probably, you know, you can dig into these Jack prices available from Colorado. You, you can look at these guys and you can see bodies that could help me, but they're none of them are flash or exciting. And it's like, honestly, there's like season changers. Them. Yeah. They're, they're, they're role player veterans that are late in their career and maybe they could help you a little bit. So like that's what these free agents available really are. There's no, okay. there's no big gigantic superstar free agent because MLS doesn't allow free agency like that. Unless you like a Nick Ladero, who's like 34 or a Carlos Vela who you can't afford, you know, like, 
things like that. You know, I mean, does Kai camera do anything for you? You know, he's like 38 or whatever he is, you know, I'm just saying that there are bodies there that can do something for you, but none of them are going to make you that 15 goals better. That's going to make you a better team rather than just a team that'll survive. Okay. And I know we mentioned miles and a couple of other people already, just, uh, just to make sure we've covered it. Anybody in the back end. I mean, do you like Omar Gonzalez no. at his age? No, you know it's like, there, there. Other than other than Miles Robinson, who's prime for age group, or Yerson Mascara, who again really belongs to Wolves. You know, there's there's dudes like that all up and down this thing. Um, Jan Grey Goose is a player at Minnesota that looks pretty good from time to time. Um, you, you know, you can find uh, Emmanuel Boa, Boateng. I think it's a left back actually, which might not help you all that much, you know, you can find guys that provide, that can solve problems for you. that can help you, but not someone that can make you better. And that's okay. true all up and down the free agency list. And I'm asking just because I want to make sure I cover it, but this is going to lead us into our next topic. We don't need to bother even looking at the goalkeeper list. Correct. Um, you might why we can talk that? about that. Well, you want to go to the next topic? Cause that'll tell you why you might. Okay, uh, which is we uh, mysteriously out of the blue. Well, we I think we've all known that Julian Eystone's uh, situation at Duke was a bit in question. I think we all kind of had an idea of what was going to happen in terms of him going pro, but out of the blue, from nowhere, he announced on his Instagram account the other day that he is leaving Duke and quote-unquote turning pro. Yep. Now, I read that and thought, oh, wow, this means he's going somewhere else other than Dallas because if he was going to Dallas, this would be this would happen in conjunction with an announcement from Dallas, but that never came. But you're telling me that this actually means nothing and means something completely different. Yes, it means something completely different because he has a responsibility to Duke. Duke's an elite program, and they will need a goalkeeper if he's leaving. So if he never says anything, if – Duke is out recruiting or Duke's looking in the portal. Every single goalie they talk to is like, dude, you have ice on. You're insane. Why would I come to Duke? They needed to be able to tell recruits portal or otherwise that no ice stone's leaving. You know, don't take our word for it. Here's his social media post that says he's leaving. Mm. But you know, you and I and people like us have assumed he was only doing on one and don't do one and done at Duke for a long, long time. So this is not a surprise. It doesn't change anything for, in terms of could he come to FC Dallas or is he going to Europe? It doesn't answer that question either way. But what it does tell us is that it's one step closer to happening, whatever it is, because he wouldn't have done this if he didn't have some sort of tacit agreement, at least on the table with somebody, because otherwise you you don't burn your bridge at Duke until you have to, right? Even Mm -hmm. if they're telling us, Hey, if you think you're going, no, you say, no, I'm gonna wait until it's a hundred percent. So we can assume that. Sorry, I'm ahead. sorry. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm interrupting yeah. you. I was going to, yeah, go ahead. So we can assume that he's, you know, very clearly that he's going, he's coming pro one way or the other. Now the time frame is everybody remembers he doesn't turn 18 until April. So, you know, the two things that could be happening are he's signing a homegrown deal with Dallas or he's going to do some sort of pre-contract or whatever with a team in Europe to be able to go to that team in April. It'll be one of those two things. So if you're an FC Dallas fan and you want him to come here, then you, if we can just throw together sort of an elusive sort of timeline here, let's assume this week MLS uh, league offices are overwhelmed with reentry drafts and, and waivers this and other things that and all these contracts that are expiring. And then next week is the actual draft. They'll be overloaded with that. And then it's the holidays. And then 
their short staff and FC Dallas will be closed probably. So let's assume best case scenario, if he's coming to Dallas, you'd see some sort of contract. I'm going to guess probably start to happen in the first week of January. And so an announcement and the little PR stuff with the photos or whatever else, you know, first, second week of January. So if you are hoping he's coming here and you get to mid January and you don't see anything, that's when I think you start to worry that they're not going to get him is that that's sort of the process. And also in the meantime, if Dallas moves on a keeper in, in the free agency, uh, bringing in a trialist, draft somebody. If you see some of that activity from Dallas as a keeper, that also will be a pretty strong indicator that they've missed on him. So mm-hmm. those are the things we're going to wait for now. We're going to wait for those two signs to tell us either they're going to be an announcement of him or you'll see Dallas dip into the keeper market and that'll tell you whether he's coming or not. All right. So, well, there's the there's all the factual part of it. Now I right. want Buzz to do some speculation. Mm. So uh, I'm thinking if I'm Julian Eyestone, the reality with Dallas is is they've got a top notch keeper and Martin Paz. Yep. I'm assuming Martin's here for at least another year or two. But, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, give or take. All right. Then they've got Antonio Carrera, who obviously in his own right is climbing up the ranks. I mean, he's been doing national team duty at the youth level now for a bit. Yeah. And is there a world where Julian Eyestone has leapt over Antonio as the next number two on this team? No, he's too young. Okay. Um, there, there's a world where he's the three and then he starts every game at North Texas. Um, and he's two when Anthony, Antonio, if Antonio gets a call up to the Olympic team or another, somebody U20, gets hurt, you know, somebody gets hurt, you know, that that's the question is like, there's no way you're getting him on a North Texas deal. So like a, an absolute worst case scenario is that if you signed him and that turned out, you didn't think he could play yet, then you would have to get, then you would just stash him at North Texas on a loan. And then you would go sign a third keeper. But having watched Julian play in North, with North Texas, I don't think that's the case. I think you'd be fine with him as your third guy. Um, and then the questions become, you know, what do you do with Antonio is like, if you put, if you put Julian in North Texas at every single game, which would be great for him to start there for two seasons, you know, do you have Antonio just sit around and do nothing for a whole year while you're waiting for pause? Maybe, maybe there's something to explore with Antonio in terms of a loan or something, but um, there's no scenario where, Eyestone signs directly with North Texas and there's no scenario where this season, I don't think Julian would walk in and be number two ahead of Antonio. Antonio is quite good. You know, it, right. it may, it may be that one of the more that is worth the, more than the other long-term, but right this minute, like if I have to start a game today, it's Antonio. Antonio's 20 and Julian is 17. That's a big difference. You know, it doesn't mean that in five years it might be flipped, but, um, so it basically is pretty straightforward for FC Dallas if they want a keeper. And in terms of like, does Julian like FC Dallas? Would he consider FC Dallas? Well, hold well, on, you, but don't, you're, jumping ahead. Oh, you're, jumping you're, ahead. you're jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead. Because that's what I, I that's where I, I really want to look at this from Julian's point of view, mm-hmm. which is reading the situation. I find this, uh, this is one of my favorite, most, uh, I'm most curious about processes because this, so many of us are new to all of this, you know, young local kids putting themselves in a situation to become professional soccer players and the opportunity to either play for their hometown club or go someplace else. And I think his situation is super fascinating because it is a reality. It's kind of the Weston McKenney deal where this kid is so good. Yeah. He may choose to go somewhere else in the world and Dallas may get nothing out of it. Well, a little bit of this will be where based on like how good I think he is. And that's, you know, most people don't know that homegrown deals are limited by the CBA. It's basically, it's like a box that you have to put them in. 
that has a bottom end money and has a top end money. It's, it's defined by the CBA. So for example, if you want a homegrown, you can't pay them 5 million a year. Like you have to pay them in the parameters of this homegrown. If you want to pay them more than that, then they're a DP. I mean, you can do that. You can pay a 17 year old a DP money if you want. They'll think you're dumb, but you can do it. You know, so there's a, there's a defined amount of money that's the most the Dallas could pay somebody like Julian. So then the question becomes, okay, do you, I, I can tell you for a fact, based on conversations I've had with him and his people, they love SC Dallas. There's no downside here for them in terms of SC Dallas. They love the club. They love Drew Keyshawn, most of all, who's a phenomenal goalkeeper coach. The idea of like the, the amount of games you would get with North Texas and the quality of the training are all outstanding. So consider that, if you will, like a base, right? That's where you're starting at. And so if you're a European team that is interested, you have to come in and beat that. That's my read from how conversations with him and his people over the last couple of years. So the trick is, I think people probably overestimate how much a 17-year-old going on 18-year-old might get paid in terms of being like on a high academy or reserve first team kind of level. By Dallas or by anybody? anybody? In Europe. Oh, oh, in in Europe. Europe. Okay. I think it's not as much as people might think it is. Now, so that's what it'll come down to is does somebody from Europe value him enough to outpay SC Dallas. SC Dallas isn't a crazy number, but it's a pretty good number in terms of just homegrowns in general. Right? Do you know what that number is? Or can uh, you, yeah. you have a, like a ballpark of what that number yeah, would yeah, be? Yeah, yeah, basically like the minimum is the reserve minimum, which I think is like 68,000 this last year, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And the maximum is up to like, I think it's like one... 25 maybe is the maximum, but okay. you have to, it also, it also has a structure. It has like year one, you're this number, year two, you're this number, year three, you're this number, and then option, option, you know, so like you can, you can see, like, if you, if you look at the structures of the, the way that MLS rosters work, you can see the progression of the money. If you go look at guys that are currently going through this, look at what Nolan's on, look at what a guy that's in his second year is long, look at what the guy in his third year is on. So you can see what the, those monies give or take are, you know, they can vary a little bit within that structure. You know, whether, what you can also change is whether you put North Texas years on the front end or not, which is out of the question for Julian. He's way too good for that. So you can ballpark these numbers in let's just call it on average, a hundred K over a five year deal, basically. Okay. So, do you think Istone is good enough or has the potential to be good enough that a Europe that some European team is willing to make him a deal that will exceed whatever Dallas is willing to put on the table? Yeah, I do. I, I don't think though that that's the only factor. So like let's say for example, a Turkish team comes in with 150,000 a year over five years. Would you take that? Because but you got to go live in Turkey. And what's the coaching situation like? Do the checks clear? You know, no offense to that particular club, but you can see many places where that kind of money won't equal to in, in a player's mind the opportunity with FC Dallas, the coaching, the security. I get to live in Dallas, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And then on the other hand, there's a teams that could come in and might go, here's the same money, but we're Bayern Munich. Right. And we're going to have, you're going to be on the great, one of the greatest teams in the world. Now, I, I don't think that's particularly likely, you know, a Bayern Munich. I don't think he's that good. But, you know, somewhere between there is a balance of a team with a great program and a really nice coaching setup and a great opportunity with money that's equal to or better than FC Dallas. And that's when you lose him. And, right. do, and I don't know if that's out there. 
I think it probably is out there. So I'm going to say at like, if I'm picking a guess right this minute, I'm going to go 50, 50 that he's here versus not here. Oh, that's just the crappiest answer. Buzz I know. Carrick. I it's, want I, you to speculate. <laughs> well, the speculation is, is that there absolutely will be a team with more money than that. The question will be, is it more money and a good program or is it more money? And it's a place I really don't want to go play football. Right. <laughs> you right. know, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is a very different question. Yeah. Yeah. How many times have we seen kids go off somewhere that we're like, really? You want to, I mean, the Fabian Castillo story is the best one, yeah. right? He ends up in Turkey and you're like, are you sure that's the right place for it? But you know, or Reggie at Boa Vista. Oh like on yeah. That's, enough, that's Remember a great how one. Great. Yeah. We thought that deal was like, it had the whole Lille connection yeah. and it was like, you're going to be there a year. Then you're going to go to France and that's a club that wants to sell. What a great opportunity. And then it turned out to be a shit show because the owner changed and then they ran out of money. And then now Reggie had to fight his way out through court and all this stuff and didn't get paid for like a year or whatever. So, you know, things that can, things can look good on paper and not be. So, you know, when you're 17, 18 years old, this is a very, very important decision and money is not everything. And, you know, he's got really smart people around him. So it's going to be yeah. fascinating to watch it, how it this is, one goes. It is because, you know, we've got several different iterations of this same thing. I mean, if you think about the Pepe situation, we mm. all kind of knew on the onset that probably wasn't a great opportunity for Pep Ricardo based on the club and the situation. We all kind of oh. went, is that going to work? Is that really? I mean, I know it's a ton of money and you kind of have to take it. It's a great deal for Dallas, but is it the right place for Ricardo? And it obviously turned out not to be. Even in that case, that was even specifically about the way they played. Right. Like, Pepe's not a guy that creates his own scoring opportunities. He needs assists and service, and that team does not have that. And we were like, that's a bad fit. Well, PSV has that. Look how good he is. Right. And then <laughs> let's alternatively look at Tanner Tessman, who ends up yeah. going to Venezia, and we're all like, Really? Uh, you really want to go? Uh, okay. And that's turned out fantastic for Tanner. Yeah. I even checked with him before they got relegated and he was like, no, no, this is going to be great. The coach loves me. We go down. I'm going to be the man. And he is the man. He is. So yeah. yeah. I mean, it's There's now a team circling to buy him at the end of this season. You know, there's yeah. some Italian. Really? Else. Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, a couple teams it, are circling. Lots and lots of fun. So uh, Buzz Carrick has reported <laughs> officially that uh, Julian Eyestone is going to make a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, he will eventually. The, the, <laughs> and, the, and play professional yeah. football as a goalkeeper somewhere, <laughs> somewhere on the planet of Earth. Yeah. I mean, compared to a normal 18-year-old, he's going to make a lot of money. The, the next one will be the huge one. Like, oh, no matter where you go, do you progress over the next yes. four years? The next deal is a banger, you know. So you're you're officially reporting that Julian Eyestone is not signing with a club on the moon. No, no. Okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah, that, that's correct. <laughs> he will be playing. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even reporting that. He's the one that said that. He said, "I'm oh, going pro." He, I'm going he did pro. not clarify the moon, so I will add in the moon part. He's not playing. <laughs> you can confirm from your sources he's not playing I on a planet strongly, or or or, yeah. or, a, or in a celestial body yeah. other than the planet Earth. <laughs> I feel strongly he's not going to Medellin. <laughs> I feel like I'm safe and probably not S C Barcelona. Probably not that club. <laughs> okay. Bovis is probably out. <laughs> yeah, probably a Russian club. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, probably probably not, probably not a Ukrainian club. Yeah, or, I would yeah, not okay. go to Ukraine right now. That's probably okay. pretty safe. All right, Turkey. He's probably out, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that has popped up, uh, I think it came out today, uh, the the man with the mustache, Tom Bogert, reported that mm. uh, Liga MX teams are back poking around on Paul Areola. Can I be a cynical bastard for a minute? 
I know exactly what you're going to yeah. say. Let's say you're a club with a player that perhaps underperformed and you need to add 15 goals and you'd like to sell said player. Would it not behoove you to leak a, hey, there's a bunch of Mexican teams interested in my player, San Diego, nudge, nudge, hint, hint, or whoever else. No, you know, look, the price is going to be steep. He's going to leak MX. Oh, so you're thinking, oh, I see. I was thinking maybe it was his agent that was poking this out. You're saying no. it may be Dallas. Uh, the cynical bastard in me is suggesting that Dallas is leaking that. You cynical in order to, bastard. Because if you want to add 15 goals, it's Paul not coming from is Paul. quite expensive. It's not coming from him. Even when he's in form, he ain't 15. You know, and you got Bernie and you got Allen. So Yeah, but then you have to subtract Paul's goals. Oh. Yeah, I think he had two this last year. <laughs> but, you know, look back at his really great season two years ago. But, you know, again, that's now two years later. He's now approaching 30. You know, it's like maybe the prices could be really high for San Diego. They just signed their first player. You he's going to be sweepy because he's going to be a daddy. Maybe really MLX te- Liga MX teams are really coming in for him. If that's true, then you definitely leak it to up the price and make those teams compete against each other. Yeah. Maybe it's the agent. Maybe it's the agent. But, you know, the cynic in me thinks maybe it was FC. We're in agreement, though. If somebody yeah. says, here's a, a fair a fair stack of cash for Paul Areola, yeah. you sell him. Yes, for all the reasons we just mentioned. You can love Paul Areola, but in the end, the offseason is ruthless. If the money is right, then you do the deal because, you you know, the value of even peak Paul Areola versus the, the amount of offense you're missing is the question. I need to do something or I'm going to be sitting here doing nothing. So... That's kind of the expendable piece. I would say the same thing about Legit. I bet you Legit's expendable at 30 plus. Oh, yeah. I'd right? have to. If somebody calls for Legit, I'd be like, sure, Becky V value, give me the money. Hmm. You know, right? If you want to get better, if you don't want to get better, you don't give a shit, then fine, just sit here, do nothing. But Well, I know. And, I, and, and <laughs> yeah. there's a very real possibility that in, I don't know, eight weeks' time, we're having this conversation and we're like, yeah, we're yeah. kind of in the same roster we were in eight weeks ago. Yeah. If they don't buy out Jimenez to give themselves to move, if they don't move something like an Areola or Legette, you know, if they don't add anything in midfield, if they don't add a wing, if they don't, or even if they do get a center back, that's like last year where they got some Sibiaga. We like that move, but like that by itself, like you, we could be looking at the exact same team. Basically mm-hmm. we could be, hopefully we don't, but we could be. Well, yeah, I, uh, we've said this multiple times in the last few weeks. As it is every offseason, this is an opportunity for the Hunts to kind of show us their hand in terms of ambition. Yes. And I feel like this is more so the offseason for doing that than it has been lately, just based on the fact that it's Nico's third season. Well, the biggest and- reason is the messy bounce. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because the whole league is going to bounce up because of Messi. Because the money, everyone made more money. Everyone now looks at that and goes, crap, I better do some things. The whole league is going to take a bigger step than usual forward. right? There's some new rules coming that we don't know about yet. Don Garber said there's no fourth DP. But he did say there's some very specific rules that are going to get voted on in the owners committee like this week that will help the teams do blah, blah, blah. He didn't go into any details. So everybody out there is going to take a step maybe even some big steps. Mm-hmm. So this year, even more than normal, if you stand pat, you're going to go backwards in a hurry. So they're going to have to do something or they're going to be in last place next year. Okay. Yeah. Not to, not to bring everybody down, but basically that's where we're at, you know? Well, I, 
it's 100% on the hunts in the front office yes. to, to show is to prove uh, where their head is at. And, and we can all sit here and run through all the free agent lists and dig through FB, uh, FB ref and, and transfer market and dig up all the players you want by the, at the end of the day, we're going to have a very, very clear sense as to how the Hunt's yeah. uh, attitude is about this. Circle it'll, back it'll to be... the highest paid players last year, right? Jesus is fine. Paul underperformed. Allen's basically out for the year. Hey, man, Jesus Menez is trash. You want to get rid of him. Legette is okay, but you know maybe you could upgrade there. Facundo's gone. Paxton's fine, except he gets hurt a lot. Martinez is gone. And then the next one is Ibiaga. So those are your top 10 paid players on the team. And you cannot compete if those players are not performing mm-hmm. and over half of them didn't perform. So if you don't fix that spot and they got rid of Facundo, they got rid of Martinez, right? So Allen's hurt. They got to get rid of Jimenez. And so then you have to start looking at what else can we do? Can we move Paul? Can we move Legette? Can we do something to make this? Can we move Paxton? Well, and you and I love Paxton. Well, let's be real about that. Let's be analytical for a second. You know, you probably can't move Jesus because he's too important for you. Probably don't want to. Right. So, you got to do something. Uh, and those are the only things really available to you to make your team like significantly better. Those positions have to hit. DPs have to hit. And you're already going to have one DP that's valueless next year. So there you are. Uh, Man, um, I'm telling you, this offseason got nuts in a hurry. Like Allen getting hurt just really crushed them in terms of – and Paul falling apart. Like they're in a bad shape if they don't do some stuff. Honestly, well, abso- I g- yeah. completely agree with you. Yeah. And, you know, I'm trying to find this thing that I had. Um, there was something I was I had written down somewhere. I, I, I mean, Ansa is not the answer. Eugene Ansa, right? I mean, we love Iara Mendy, but he's not going to get you 15 goals. Right. Right. I mean, Farfan. I mean, Obreon, even if you bring him back, is he you're going to lose six or seven goals right there, too, that you don't have him back. You know, hopefully when you add somebody good, it's not a problem. But. You know, where, where in the world are you going to get 15 more goals out of this team you currently have now? Well, the answer well, is you're going to go backwards. Is what's gonna yeah, I'm trying to find this thing that I had dug up the other day, and I noticed it on the heels of watching Columbus win MLS Cup over the weekend. Actually, that was a pretty good game, by the way. It was way. a great game, wasn't it? Yeah. Andy, yeah. Uh, my, you know, the guy that co-hosts the kick round with Andy Swift. <laughs> we was, all know who Andy Swift is. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm, always, I'm a radio guy. I'm always resetting. You have new audiences all <laughs> right, the time. Right, 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 right. Sorry. Uh, that's, that's just that's – just the broadcasting uh, professional in me. Anyway, yeah. so Andy was at the game. Andy, it was first time Andy had been at the new stadium. He says it's great. He says it's mm. really intimate on the inside. He says it's. He was actually surprised how bare bones it is um, when you see it in person. He says he feels like Q two feels like a more state of the art facility. I was going to ask how it compared to Austin because I've been there. But he says it's a nicer facility than Austin's because it's all enclosed and roofed. He said, you know, obviously in the game it was pouring rain. He says I was as dry as I could possibly be. Nice. And he said it's super loud um, and uh, because of the roof. And he really enjoyed the facility and thought it was great. The game was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. The, the thing I wanted to point out, because this really blew me away, and this is indicative of why I watch the Columbus team, and I think everybody feels this way, because Columbus was an in, an incredibly fun team. Is it okay if we move on to something else, Buzz? I'm sorry, we've oh, yeah, gotten yeah. away from roster. I want to kind good, of change we're good. Move on, yeah. Um, I, you know, watching Columbus play uh, and and really just be an, an, an insanely entertaining team to watch 
What I was really struck by were all the numbers about how many goals they scored this year. I think yeah. the total numbers of goals they scored this year set an MLS record, I think it was, um, across all competitions. Or they tied the total number of goals across all competitions in a season. It was like 82 or something crazy like that. And I was doing some math and I was because I was also surprised by how many goals they had given up. Yeah. And and they gave up uh, in this season. Columbus did f- uh, 46, 46 goals, league, yeah. 46 league goals. And then I think, well, Dallas had a really good season. That's actually nine more than Dallas did. Dallas was at 37, and obviously yeah. Dallas was one of the lowest goals allowed all season. Seattle, I think, was first at 32. Yep. But now juxtapose that with the fact that Dallas only scored 41 goals and Columbus in the league alone scored 67 goals. Yeah, plus 21 goal difference for them. It's And, and, and that, to me really quantifies what bothers me the most about this season for Dallas, which is this sense that when I watch Columbus play, that is a team that is out there playing to win the game. Yeah. Dallas always feels like they're playing not to lose under Nico, specifically this season. Now, maybe that's a uh, a byproduct of injuries and I'm just trying to get the most, I'm trying to make lemonade out of lemons mm-hmm. situation. I'm not sure that's the case, but man, I really would prefer to see Dallas get to an attitude and a spirit that we saw out of Columbus this season. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, that's where that 15, it needs to add 15 goals came from, basically, was their goal differential is four. And, you know, the elite teams in, in, in that conversation are, you know, St. Louis, Cincinnati, Columbus, you know, 17, 18, 21, Orlando's at 16, Philly's at 16. This is goal differential, mind you. LAFC, 15 goal differential, and Dallas is at four. So if you want to be in that elite conversation of teams, it's not just that you have to have a good defense. It's you also have to have a good offense, or at least a balance between them two in a really highly positive manner. You, you could certainly be way, way worse, but look, that's where that comes from. you know. And, and the proactiveness that you talk about, I think that the coach would like to play a much more possession-oriented game and a much more proactive game. It's just, you know, I think this season in particular, just really he didn't have the the bodies for it. Like, I think you can look at last year's road record compared to this year's road record, I think is, 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 or maybe not record, maybe mentality. Like, even more this year on the road, they really went like bunker and grind on the road compared to last year when they, I think, sometimes tried to play a little more. I think that he would like to be a little more positive. But for me, what it really reflects the idea is that um, Dallas too often for me adapts for the other team. And there were lots mm-hmm. of quotes by Columbus after the game about how like we just play the way we play. We don't worry about the other team. That's where I want my team to be. I want to be a team that plays the way they want to play and then doesn't give a crap about what you do. We're going to do what we do because we're great at it. And that's what I'd like to see. And too often that we're seeing Dallas change formations, change tactics, flip guys around. I mean, I don't mind tactical adaptation, but I don't like it where your whole game is like figuring out a way to stifle the other team rather than just here's what we do. Try and stop us. Mm. Yeah. Well, it was uh, it was a fun, entertaining MLS uh, Cup. It's also weird to see LAFC play so um, differently this season compared to last. 
uh, which is another weird. They need oddity. a refresh. Yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, let me. But let they're me still throw, really good, though, right? Yeah, let me throw an example of a good defensive team that that's what I'm talking about. Think of about the way Oscar's teams played here and in Orlando. They're a more defensive team than some of these others we've talked about, but they just play the Oscar way. They play the same way all the time. Mm-hmm. Like when he was here, think about that. Like they never really adapted for other teams. They just did what Oscar wanted them to do, and they were good at it. And they won the Sports Shield once and tied for it once, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we're who we are, even though it was defensive. You know, it was still aggressive, you know, and, and that's what I want. As to be, you can be defensive as long as you don't necessarily just roll over for people. Be aggressive about it. Uh, by the way, speaking of Oscar, the mustached one, Tom yeah. Bogart, also has reported this week since we last spoke that Oscar and crew are uh, in line to sign a new deal to stay at Orlando. And that to me would be a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I guess, I guess he likes the situation there or maybe that maybe they wanted something specifically. I'm, I'm surprised that no one has come in and tried to get him. Maybe the offer wasn't there or maybe, maybe that was the leverage he needed to get what he wanted. I was a little bit surprised too, that they are not necessarily as locked in on Muzi. They were still talking to Muzi, but weren't like, you know, who's the TD down there who came from Dallas sort of with or Oscar or right before Oscar and then told them to hire Oscar or one or the other. So I, that, that seems to not quite be the partnership that I thought it might be, but. Well, it just um, makes me wonder if the ownership has promised Oscar some sort of increase in spending. Remember they were the lowest yeah. salary team in the league that finished. And he also finished second in the East had a fantastic season. It just, well, you yeah, go ahead. You remember part of why he left here was that yeah. he never got Dallas to give him the spend to the, give him the nine he wanted. No, they and gave him Cobra. Yeah, and there, and there, uh, there was or was there it Coleman? Which one was it? Coleman. It was Coleman. Yeah. They was like, "Are you serious?" Well, there, there definitely <laughs> was some noise from Oscar when he said, "You know, I, I trust our ownership to give us what we, you know, something like that, like about a month ago." And maybe you're right. Maybe that was the thing. Like, I'm not resigning until you agree that you're going to let me buy some because I'm doing this on the worst lowest roster in the team league, you're going to give me some assets and let me buy some people. And they've cleared a couple of DPs since then that they let Perea go, for example, who granted it's like 34, but you know, uh, they're obviously setting themselves up and I, you're probably right. Peter. That's a really good point that I bet he was like, I'm not resigning unless you agree. And that's probably what that trust line is for. Okay. I trust you. You better do this now. Or maybe he just really likes Harry Potter world. He might. Orlando's a great town. I don't, you know, it's hard to complain about that. <laughs> they have a pretty good academy too. Oh, do they? I don't know yes, anything about their academy. Well, Inter Milan, Inter Miami, excuse me, has you know jumped them in terms of star power. That um, you know one of the reasons why they went after Muzi was because of the FC Dallas Academy, and one of the reasons why they went out after Oscar was because of the FC Dallas Academy. There's a lot of talent in Florida. Oh so their yeah, academy's, their academy is pretty good. I mean, it's not so far it hasn't paid off like Dallas. This has paid off, but they had to build it from. Even when one of those, even though they already had an academy when those guys got there, it wasn't any good. Like their their MLS next team at the time was like the worst team in that level. So it's like mm-hmm. this t- it'll take them some time, but they're definitely getting better and winning some games in the academy. So okay. so is Inter Miami, of course, who's already really good because of their star power. Uh, and then just the uh, last thing, I don't think we have anything else to talk about. Did, did we? Please remind remind me. We did not last week talk about a follow-up to my fever dream about the old Texas stadium site. We did not. Okay. So for anybody that missed the episode, I literally had a dream that was, a I think built off the fact that I drove past this plot of land the other day in the course of my day. And I had a dream about uh, the idea of building a soccer stadium on the old location 
of Texas Stadium, which still is essentially an empty lot used as a staging place for highway development. It's all the gear and crap they're using to, you know, build yeah. roads and stuff. Yep. And I have no idea. I don't think there's any existing plan. Well, we all know in the last few weeks, Mark Cuban's announced that he's selling the Mavericks to the Sands Corporation and the third richest woman in the world. Well, I think since the last time we talked, Buzz, a the I think D Magazine put a, an article up pointing out that that same company and woman uh, bought a plot of land directly across 114 from the old Texas Stadium location to build at least in theory to build this casino facility that that Cuban and she wants to build in the Dallas Fort Worth area if in fact betting becomes legal and I just thought man that just makes it all the more perfect yeah. to put a soccer stadium across the street <laughs> yeah it's no coincidence that that land deal closed before the Mavericks sailed it like they they were basically waiting for that land deal to close before they could announce the whole thing and I'm sure that there's some confluence of hotels, potential sport books, maybe a music venue, a Mavericks training facility, maybe like a D-League team playing there or G-League or whatever it's called now. You know, maybe even a Mavericks games if they don't like AAC long term. You know, you can see the possibilities there and why the Mavericks have gotten in bed with them and why he sold things like, you know, uh, everything but the team, right? He sold the marketing and the broadcasting and the and there's worries in his part about what's marketing, where's money going to come from if the if it's all streaming and not these big, huge money deals anymore. You know, all that's not something he has to worry about anymore. Now this person that's in the casino betting entertainment business will worry about it. It's, and, if, and if it lines up where FC Dallas someday needs a 70,000-seat stadium and that place has still got a spot, that'd be amazing. Well, but, I don't even know if they need a 70,000-seat stadium. Well, they don't I, right now, but there's a day we dream of. Hmm. Well, let, let me just say this, and this is all I want to. I want to um, put. I want to put this up front. This is total one hundred percent speculation on my part, and I'm it's sure Buzz is, yeah, it's total speculation. <laughs> is this? It is every the reality. I mean, for a long time, we've heard what feels like now for the last at least two, if not three years, that there have been ongoing conversations about modifying the stadium in Frisco even further. And a lot of it was predicated on the idea of building some sort of facility on the east side that mm -hmm. may have some sort of sporting or sports betting component to it, like a hotel, a casino or something, doing something with the sore thumb that is the stage, replacing the east side. And here we are, essentially at the beginning of 2024. The World Cup is going to be here before you know it. And I don't think there is enough time to do any of that anymore. No. Right? So... Here's where my speculation comes in. When I hear the story of Cuban and this Vegas company and that and that uh, rich woman spending all that money and in theory to build a place like that, it does beg me, it does get me to a place where I begin to wonder, is the fact that they have dis they haven't yet done anything, they being the hunts, that they're considering other options that do not include Frisco? Because there is a price to buy themselves out of that deal in Frisco yeah. with the school district and Collin County. I don't know what it is, but I, it just makes you wonder if, in fact, all of these rich people are, are starting to hedge their bets that betting is coming to Texas sooner than later. 
maybe there is something to the idea yeah. that if they're going to put a sporting facility, a, a betting facility in Irving across the street, that maybe that old Texas stadium location may be used for something like a stadium. I don't sure. know. I just, you know. Sure. And well, the Hunts are willing to partner on that deal. Yeah, well, when, uh, we've talked for a while about the idea that the, whatever was going to happen at Frisco included sort of this idea of a hotel, of a music venue, of a sports book. That was always in the discussion. And when I talked to Dan Hunt, two months ago, I think it was now, I, that was my literal question was like, okay, time has run out in terms of having something done by the world cup. Are you still doing this? And he said, originally the idea of course was to have something done by the world cup, but he said that doesn't change the fact that we're using the world cup as the impetus to do what we're going to do, because we think that the business payoff with this explosion soccer we'll see from it is worth it. So Again, at that time, I was asking about Toyota Stadium, and he answered about Toyota Stadium. Mm -hmm. But as you say, Clark is no dummy. Uh, he's a billionaire for a reason. Um, and so let's throw this in there. Like, when, if and when something starts to happen with the Mavericks, if you see things like a complex of youth soccer fields at that location, that would get my attention. Is it another MoneyGram? Is it something then is Dallas interested? What if what if there's a 5,000 seat outdoor stadium that North Texas SC could play in mm -hmm. and have 20 youth fields? And then we're partnering on that level. Is there a, a bigger outdoor? You know, so like you'll if details emerge that, that that lead us to sort of hint that direction, that'll really perk my attention because that's a much better central location for either one of those two things. Like how long do you want to stay? For example, just to pick a business model, how long do you want to stay with North Texas at, uh, at the state at Choctaw in Arlington? Do you, they, the, the FC Dallas really loves these youth field complexes. It's a revenue stream for them that they can run them like they run MoneyGram, like they run Toyota, you know, with the training fields on the outside, because anything out Dallas is doing is going to need to have that component. FC Dallas, I mean, so there are ideas there, Peter, in your, in your fever dream in, in terms of the way it is now, that if we see these kinds of details, we'll really start paying attention to what the hell's going on over there, because then that makes you go, oh, mm. a lot of people yeah. know, for example, that the Rangers built a baseball youth complex and academy in West downtown Dallas. It's across the Trinity there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've yeah, ever seen Trinity it. Trinity Groves. Yeah, it's west of Trinity Groves. It's in. It's between that and as you go sort of southwest back towards I thirty, it's in there. I drove mm -hmm. past it one time. I was like, "What the hell?" I didn't know about it. So like those kinds of complexes matter for these pro teams now. You know, like Cubans talked about hypothetically a model of almost bypassing college. He loves the FC Dallas youth model where he wants the Mavericks to run youth club, like from 10 years up all the way through to the first, to the pro team. Like he loves that idea. You know, how do you do that? Well, part of that would be some sort of complex and some sort of training center, some kind of small stadium for a G league team. You know, there's a million ways you could pay this off over the next 20, 30, 40 years for Cuban. That'll be worth paying attention to, you know, especially if you are FC Dallas and you don't necessarily you know, I think in the end, though, Peter, that they're married to Frisco at this point. I know? think so. But here, let me just throw something else out, yeah. because uh, this was obvious to me when we were dealing with the, the messy game. And this was one of the things I thought about as I was leaving that traffic disaster. I The biggest problem for me with expanding the existing Toyota Stadium site to the point where you're including a hotel and a sports betting facility and all of that. Yeah, yeah. 
is the is the well documented known problem of ingress and egress of Toyota Stadium. Oh, and yeah. I and I don't I'm not an engineer by any stretch of the imagination, but I drive around Dallas a lot <laughs> and I don't know how you solve that problem. Like I literally can't in my head yeah. figure out how you resolve the ingress and egress problem of Toyota Stadium. I don't know if there's an engineering engineering solution for that. Yeah, you can't make that stadium much bigger than it is in terms of because of the local, all that's around it, really, and then getting on off the highway. It's already a mess, as you say. So I, that's always what takes me back to this idea of I wonder if they've gotten to a place because they've allowed all this time to go by that they've got something else. I'm, look, I'm not I don't have a problem with it staying in Frisco. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, they could build a new stadium in Frisco for all I care, just something that's easier to get to in terms of coming off the tollway or wherever it is. Now, I don't know if that exists, but you see where I'm going with all of this. Yeah, I do. Okay. All right. My, anyway. my, my biggest corollary to that is that it's the hunts and the chiefs still play at Arrowhead and they're not, they don't strike me based on their actions as the kind of people that go, you know what? I'm dropping 2 billion into a facility. You know, they just don't. They just they no. upgrade and they pick it. They pick at it. Yeah. I mean, Arrowhead literally is the same as it's been now for, you know, since 72. But you if, know, with, but if if the word that we've been hearing that they their dream is to do some sort of uh sports betting component, maybe yeah. they do what Cuban did and they partner with one of these existing Las Vegas companies. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they kind of already been having, you know, this flirting with one of those companies as a sponsor for years, you know, and Choctaw. I'm not, I'm not discounting what you're saying. I think it's, it's as viable as anything. I just, the hunts don't strike me as a team that as an ownership group that is that uh, far visioned, ambitious (laughs) and aggressive about their spend. They tend to be long and slow play of decades of incremental, tiny little improvements rather than, you know what? I'm going to build a two billion dollar new NFL stadium with a 300 luxury suites. You know they just they don't do that. Yeah. You know. Well, it's uh, it's it's interesting. It just dawned on me that man, all that we've been sitting here talking about what's going to happen with the for next, you know, the second expansion of Toyota Stadium yeah. for a long time now. Uh, and and man, the World Cup is right around the corner, and we've run out of time for them to do that for the World Cup. In a hypothetical world, I absolutely love it. I think it's an amazing idea. Um, it's just it's the hunts, you know what I mean? It's just it doesn't feel like the hunts. It feels like Cuban. It feels like Jones. It doesn't feel like the hunts. Mm, yeah. So. All right. Well, uh, let's see. You had a couple other things on the run sheet here. You wanted to congratulate somebody. Yeah, there's a kid in the academy named Mason Grimm. Uh, he's a U19. He's going to SMU. He scored the goal of the tournament. They had this little MLS Next Flex, it's called. It's a, it's a big scouting tournament. Dallas played really well. I think they went 9-3 and three as a collective. Uh, so good performances. But he had the goal of the tournament. He scored from midfield against somebody. So congrats to Mason Grimm. It was a nice goal. <laughs> you know, it was like the Cooper midfield goal. You know, just blasted it. That cool. is cool. So, yeah. The clips on Facebook and YouTube and whatever. If you, I'm sure I tweeted it out. You can find it if you're interested in it. But congrats to him. Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, um, how are well, we done today? Well, the last thing I mentioned was, do you want to talk about the idea conceptually of will Dallas sign a homegrown this this winter? You know, Last oh. year we had Nolan and Tark Scott. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see that on the run sheet. Buzz. I threw that out as one little extra there. Uh, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. At okay. the bottom. 
Yes, of course. Yeah. Well, again, it's just about context, and I'm I'm afraid that the short term answer is I think probably no. Um, and I'll, but I'm going to talk about I think it's important to talk about why I think it's probably no, and um, and one of the reasons is the kid that they just signed from Croatia slash not well, Romania, sorry, Romania Canadian is 17, right? Effectively, that's that's your homegrown in a lot of ways because that's a kid that's in high school basically age, so that probably ate up a lot of it. And then you have to look at uh, one other factor is like, I've been talking about, there's a, there was a little bit of a drought coming through the Academy. And then we were going to hit this little bit of a bubble where there was a lot of kids that had potential and we're sort of hitting that Nolan and Tarek Scott were the first sort of wave of that. And those are the two they picked last year. Well, this year you're getting into a group that um, had some interesting guys, but the thing is that they already actually all signed them to North Texas so they signed Malachi Molina, Alejandro Urza. They signed Dylan Lacey, who actually was a year older. They signed the kid from El Paso, Diego Garcia. So like that's where, if you're looking for, how come they didn't sign any homegrowns from this group? Well, they did. They're just all on this hybrid kind of deal or had this potential future homegrown deal with North Texas. Because this is a continued case of this coach doesn't want kids. He doesn't want a 15-year-old on his first team roster. So Dallas is really not interested in that that super baby um, Dante Seeley, um, Paxson Pomacall, Jesus for 16 years old, Brian Reynolds, 15 years old. They're not interested in that anymore. So, you know, if you're looking for there to be this signing and there isn't one, you're like, I don't understand. The Dallas Academy sucks. It's dead. It's all, no, no, it's just going through North Texas now. You know, this also would have been when Matthew Corcoran, remember the kid I was raving about that went to Birmingham? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This yeah. is, this would have been his class. They had a, you know, there's a couple of guys that are still like on the fringe that again, might become North Texas players. So the process is still working. It's just, we're in this current situation where Dallas doesn't want these teenagers anymore on their first team. They barely played Nolan. Uh, Tark Scott, if he hadn't gotten hurt, might've been in more in the mix. And there's nobody right this minute. There's nobody that has like that fringe of the first team vibe. Those dudes are at North Texas. Diego Garcia is the leader of that who had a really great season last year and is a 2006, you know, he's the guy that's closest to making this crossover now that they didn't, they passed on hope of Um, And there's one more guy I want to talk about. I've been talking about Anthony Ramirez for years and years and years, right? You remember that name? Mm-hmm. He's the kid that's been a Mexican youth international, us youth international for years and years and years. I've been, he was, he's a little bit younger, so he's still in the Academy, even though he's a 2005. The problem is, is they just, signed this kid again the remaining canadian same position they signed that kid from barcelona where they traded for his homegrown rights from chicago do you remember that story yeah yeah same yeah. same position so like as much as i like anthony ramirez you know alan velasco same position as anthony ramirez so like they've signed three guys that play that same position well i think that means that you're not gonna why would you go get a fourth one you know it just doesn't make any sense to me so i think you know, a guy that I thought was going to be a homegrown for like three or four years now is not going to be. Um, it's not a kid I think is going to go to college. I'm sure he'll end up in Mexico or something uh, and not with SC Dallas. Hopefully they're not going to regret missing on him in a couple of years, but they've obviously gone a different direction. So anyway, that's the that's a, again, context is what matters. And people are like, people will say, oh, Academy sucks. Look, no homegrowns. Well, it's more complicated than that. <laughs> you know, there's they're at North Texas instead. Yeah. Well, um, that is a FC Dallas nerds dream episode. It is. That was a very nerdy dream episode. 
It was. That's what we do, though, right? Isn't that our ballpark? Our, our, we super serve yeah. the FC Dallas <laughs> Curious, Buzz. That's what it's, we do. Here. It's a massive market. Um, it's a really good business plan to go we after. <laughs> we, we only failed to deliver any kind of information on uh, kit stuff. So Yeah, man, I got nothing on kit stuff. I don't either. Uh, yeah, they're doing a really good job with that. They better stay you know, with a hoop. That's all I'm scared about. <laughs> even if you don't like it it's now it's it's been there for 15 years you gotta accept it now it's like it is what it is so yeah, just do we'll it for see. real right yeah sure we'll we'll, we'll see bye steve davis uh all right i don't have anything else buzz would you like to know the result uh you would you like to know oh, no. the fate of your newcastle no, I, side i know i know oh you already know yeah okay hey let's give a shout out to steve davis for repping fc dallas gear on his trip to europe his annual soccer trip Oh yeah, to England. Yeah, yeah. He went to the he went to the Ted Lasso bar and, and took a picture of himself all in FC Dallas gear out in front of the Ted Lasso. Oh, bar. Oh, good for him. That's fun. <laughs> that is great. I, I'm jealous of those trips. So good. Yeah, that, uh, he and those guys are good guys. I bet they had a blast. I don't know what games they went to this season or this year. But I, I didn't uh, look. I thought the Ted Lasso bar was pretty cool, though. I want to go there. Oh yeah, who wouldn't? That would be a that would be a lot of fun to go to Richmond and that place is going to be like Cheers now. It'll be oh. <laughs> tourist trap that and the bar that's next to the racecourse ground in Wrexham like mm, yeah you know, yeah but both those places were you know either a hole in the wall or relatively nice tiny little you know mm-hmm. pub and now they are tourist traps of the highest order uh no doubt about it how many years by the way before the people of Wrexham are now pissed off that 50,000 people not from Rexon are coming in every weekend and destroying their town Mm, and taking over their stadium. You know, it'd be interesting to talk to somebody and kind of get where the meter is on that already at this point. Yeah. Because I've been told by a couple of people that have been to games at Wrexham since the show has come on that it already is very much a significant percentage of people in the stands that are there because of the TV show and not because they're from Wrexham. Yeah. And But I don't think it's gotten to the point where people like there's a, a significant percentage of people in Wrexham that are annoyed by that yet. Um, because I think they're all still very much in the wow, this is amazing phase. But yeah, <laughs> you're right. There's yeah. going to come a point yeah. where it becomes such a thing that it's like, okay, wait a second. It's like the it's like the Miami situation. Like, wait a second. <laughs> you yeah. want us to pay how much to go to these games? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll yeah. see. How, we'll see. How I mean, I'm a cynic. I guess that I that, that's the I was watching the most recent season. And that's the first thought I had was. Was like I can see a day where all the old school fans are now standing outside the stadium, like chunking bottles at all the tourists that are taking all the tickets, and oh, now they hate the owners. And you know, oh yeah, for sure, you can yeah. totally see that. Careful happening. what you ask for, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a sometimes uh, success is a two edged sword. It you know, but um, I'm look. There's nobody in Wrexham at this point that would go back. No, no, but you can see a day that they'll be mad. I mean, look, they're going to be playing in League One next season, it looks like at this point. They're having such a good season. Spoiler. That... Yeah. Well, no, no. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, if you're paying attention to the the table, I think they're yeah. I think they're in first place in League Two already. Are they really? I noticed Knotts was doing really well. I thought, what a fun story that is, those two teams going up together. Uh, so, anyway. Okay. Well, well, I will tell you, that to bring that back to SC Dallas, Peter, I'm already that guy with SC Dallas. 
I'm like, you know, this this season where they're selling out all the time or they're full all the time, it actually annoys me. Like I go to games now and I'm pissed off that I can't man spread and and take up two or three seats and my, there's people around me. It's gross. And and, I don't want to hear you talk about man spreading. Well, you know what I mean. Like my big old fat ass covering. Like my arms are on the seats next to me and you know put my feet over the seat in front of me or. Yeah, I can't no. do that, and, and I have people that want to come around or have to and listen it, to some Yahoo say dumb stuff. You the, know, af- just... the aforementioned ingress and egress problem yeah. is exacerbated by oh, this. Yes, totally. It's like I almost don't want to go to the games already, let alone like if they're actually sold out. I'm, I'm such a bad old man. <laughs> I want to go back to post COVID, but it was you and me and like five other people. <laughs> I know that's, it makes for a terrible atmosphere, that's but an awful, awful. I know thing to say buzz but i know i'm so probably gonna right. end up watching all the games no, on my sofa you're so right yeah uh, i did it this year so i know i know i'm t- we'll have to see how it goes next year i might have with this that apple tv presentation is yeah. pretty damn Looking good pretty my good. friend <laughs> save me an hour drive either way dan can sit in the press box that's cool i'll just stay <laughs> i get to listen to steve davis and nod my head furiously at all the things he says that i right. agree with right yeah yeah, yeah. so very good. All right. Well, listen, uh, Buzz, thank you so much. Uh, is, uh, what is going to happen between now and next week? What in the world would we possibly talk about next week? Well, between now and then are the actual things like range drafts and free agent pickups and, and waiver drafts and the actual real draft will okay. have happened. So like between now and then, we might actually have a couple of new players to talk about. And then you know who they are will tell us a whole bunch or what position they are more than anything what kind of player they are will tell us a whole bunch about which direction this thing might be turning or not, you know? So that's kind of what we're waiting for is the club to do some things. So we'll come up with something for a pod. I mean, we'll do one. It'll be, you know, maybe it'll be 10 minutes. And this All one right. went, this one went over an hour again. Ooh, damn like, it. Oh, yeah. I know do that. I don't know. Sorry, nerds. Nerds. We are super nerds. <laughs> yeah. The degree of the podcast has been brought to you by Soccer90.com. Our partners over there have everything you can want for the holiday season. Get all the gifts for all your family, your friends, the jerseys, cleats, socks, t-shirts, sweatshirts. Man, they probably even got sweatpants. Man, they got everything. Shorts. I know they got shorts. Special team shorts. If you're listening to this podcast, you can get 20% off with the code third degree at checkout. 3-R-D-D-E-G-R-E-E. At soccer90.com, some exclusions may apply. Thanks, Buzz. Good times. Thanks, you, man. Appreciate you being here. Any old time. Thank you, FC Dallas Curious fan. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll do this again next week on another episode of Third Degree, the podcast. Merry Christmas, Dan. Third Degree, the Third Degree Net Podcast. Third Degree, the Third Degree Net Podcast. Third Degree, the Third Degree Net Podcast. Third Degree. Green Air Podcast.